0: Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor-Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello everyone, and welcome to Connect Church. Welcome to just our Christmas out at home series. We're excited to celebrate this season with you. And so wherever you're watching today, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. My name is Frank. I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church. Uh, And we're just excited to celebrate and reflect through this time of Advent and the coming of our Savior who changes everything for us. And so today we kick off our Christmas series called What's in the Name? Where we look at the character of the Savior we look at who he is and who he's promised to be and how he works in our lives we're celebrating jesus and everything that he's done for us in my life i have received some pretty awesome gifts along the way Uh, just a couple that stand out to me the first one was uh, one day uh, i was playing out in the yard and this random car kind of drove by uh, on the driveway and we lived on a farm with a really long driveway and so you there usually wasn't um, random cars that drove by. And so this car stood out to me. And then as I watched it go by, there were these weird ears that were like sticking up in the window. And also there was this giant head. And so I'm intrigued. So I started like running the, down the driveway to catch up. Um, and as the guy stops, he opens the back of his door and out hops a donkey. And so that was a pretty crazy gift. Uh, Another one that I really liked was this one year we got a go-kart. And and that led to so many uh, crazy moments. My little brother was a complete maniac on it. He flipped it multiple times uh, and almost injured us. But those two gifts always stand out to me just because uh, Dominic, our our Italian Christmas donkey, is still around and he still brings moments of joy. Uh, And the go-kart, we just had so much fun in it together. We often think about gifts and either the gifts that we get or the gifts that we give this time of year. And so this morning or this afternoon, whenever you're watching, what is the greatest gift that you have ever received? Throughout your life, um, what one or two gifts do you hear that question and they come to mind instantly? Advent is the season where we wait for the coming of our savior who is the greatest gift that mankind has ever received he's the single greatest gift ever there's no comparison and so today, and through the course of the series, we're going to take a look at a passage, Isaiah 9-6, that talks about this coming Savior, and it talks about the character and the nature of who He is. Um, and, and I love these, these characteristics that He has, because I think they're timely, just to the year that we've walked through together, and how it can encourage us to continue on into the new year. And so some of the context for this passage before we get into it, it opens up with a line for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Isaiah is using a common Hebrew literary tool here to repeat something to emphasize the importance of it. The child is born, the son is given. And right there we need to pay attention that something important is and is different about this child that's going to be born. Right here, Isaiah is beginning to lay the groundwork that this child um, was bringing something different, a different kingdom, a different mentality, a different way of life into the world that we can look forward to. And in this, we begin to see the amazing mystery surrounding this child. The Messiah could have been God without humanity. He didn't have to come to earth to live the life that we did. There is nothing weaker or more helpless or more dependent than a baby. And to think that our God, who is all-powerful and all-knowing, would become a baby to live out humanity is such a mystery. But he also couldn't have just come as an adult. Like we saw when God created Adam and Eve, that that they just came into earth as a a being— He was born again as a baby to experience the life that we live. He knows everything that we go through in our life because he experienced the full part of our life. The child was born because the humanity of Jesus had a starting point. And see, if Jesus were not fully man, he could not stand in the place of sinful man of us and be a substitute for the punishment that we deserve. And so right there, we see that this baby being born was beginning the process of fixing the gap that existed between us and God. Unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son is given. This child, something about him is going to be different. And then we read the government will be upon his shoulders. And this promise still isn't into existence yet. We're living in the balance of these two, of, of God's government um, versus the, the government of sinful man. And we see these playing out all the time. And so we're kind of in the almost but not yet of this government. And and so what does this government look like? What will it look like when, when the fullness of the government of, of Jesus taking place, it will look like this. It will look like it's king. See, we look for what we can get Jesus looks for how he can serve. Jesus is the humble king. We use power to build our own empire, to build our social media platforms, to gain. Jesus used his power to wash feet and make us clean. We trade our influence for money and for gain, but God so loved that he gave. This is what the government looks like. And even for followers of Jesus and throughout this series, we're going to take a look a little bit more at how living for God helps us bring this government to earth now. And then we get to the part of the passage that we're going to be focusing on. His name will be called. These are the aspects of his character. Right here, Isaiah is saying these are the key components of who he is. This king is going to be about these things. And so as we study these over the next few weeks, it's encouraging because we see that a promise that was made many, many years ago still applies today. That all these characteristics that Jesus was promised to be, he is still those and he is still working and moving in our lives today. And so with that, we get to our passage, Isaiah 9, six through seven, it says this, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David. Let's pray this morning and then we'll dig into this. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Jesus, we thank you that you came to this earth as a baby. God, you lived the life that we lived. But God, ultimately, you died so that we could be made right with you. And this season, as we study this, as we learn this together, as we're reminded of this, would we just take away something new from your character, from who you are, to encourage us this Christmas. In your name I pray. Amen. So today, we focus on the first characteristic that we see that God is, and it's Wonderful Counselor. What comes to your mind when you think of the word counselor? For some of you, it might be a small office with two couches and tissues. Uh, Some of you might be thinking, I would never do that in a million years, that I just keep what's going on inside of my life to me, and that's fine. Um, We all have different thoughts when it comes to this idea of counseling. But even as we head into this idea of wonderful counselor, the first thing we need to know is this, is that Jesus is wonderful. And I think that this word has so much more meaning to it than we even realize. The word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. That we can't even understand how wonderful this Savior is. This word is so much weightier than how we use it in conversation today. We say things are wonderful all the time. The New York Giants being in first place right now is wonderful. Uh, Maybe you had a, a drink from Starbucks this week that was wonderful, and we toss this word around to describe something that's good. But Jesus is wonderful in a way that we literally can't understand it. He's indescribably good. He's beyond words. And for me, even as I hear that, I think of the, the first day that I took a theology class in college. The professor did an exercise, and it completely kind of changed the way that I viewed God. And, and we all sat down in class, and, and we're excited to be there. And on the board, he writes, God is nothing. And, and we all kind of look at, at each other like, what's going on? What does he mean when he says something like that? And, and he broke it down. That we often try to compare God to to the best things or the best moment in our life. And, And I think Isaiah is saying this too, that my professor said that day, is that God is no thing. We need to stop comparing him to the things and the good moments that we have in this life. He is better than all of those. He is so good and so great that we can't even fully understand it the glory of who God is and what he has done for us should fill us with a sense of wonder where we can never look at Jesus and and think that we fully know him. We should never be bored in our relationship with God because there is always something new. There's always more to know. He is wonderful. And he should fill our hearts with amazement and gratitude for just how wonderful he is. And so even right now, think of something, maybe over the last week or year or in your lifetime, that you view as wonderful, as great, maybe a highlight of your life. And today, Christ is even more wonderful than that. This idea of wonderful before counselor is so important to understand and know. And then we get to the idea the Messiah is our counselor. And in ancient Israel, a counselor was, a, was often a king, and more so a wise king. And so as you, you hear that, they would have thought of Solomon, who wrote Proverbs, the book in the Bible that's full of wisdom. He had a, a wish, and he was able to ask God for one thing, and he asked for wisdom. And so wise kings were essentially the counselors who people would look to for advice. And, and as we see then Jesus is the one that we can go to for advice, to guide us, to help us in moments where we're unsure. He should be our resource for guidance. If you're unsure of what to do with your future, go to God. If you're unsure of a decision you need to make, ask God. Jesus is the one who guides us. And even as I say that, you may have a friend who you go to for advice, you may have a counselor, and and those are all great things. Uh, I highly suggest those. But I think sometimes we do undervalue the importance of the knowledge that God has for us, the guidance that he has for us. And even when it comes to friends, sometimes, uh, and, and I've had friends like this in my life, who will give advice, who will give guidance but they're doing it through a selfish lens, where if I do this, it will benefit them. And the thing to know about God is that He doesn't do it with a selfish lens, that we can fully trust His judgment because He cares about us and He has our best interests at heart. He has sound judgment. And He also gives us the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, to work and to guide us each day in our lives. It's that nudge that we feel when when we're about to make a decision that we know is wrong and we feel a little nudge inside of us to get back on track. It's God-given guidance and wisdom. And so today, Jesus is the source of all wisdom. Luke testified that Jesus continued to grow in his wisdom while he was on earth. Paul attested that all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ in the mystery of God. Again, there's something about this counsel and this goodness of who he is. It's a mystery. It's beyond the way that we can think. Paul called Jesus the power of God and the wisdom of God. James said, God is always ready to pour out his wisdom for those who ask. And so today, would we ask for the wisdom of God? It's one of the reasons that Jesus came and died is that we would have a source of guidance and wisdom in our lives. Dr. Harold Wilmington uh, proposed an important distinction when he's talking about knowledge and wisdom. And he says this, knowledge is the accumulation of fact while wisdom is the ability to rightly apply those facts. What an amazing quote for the time that we live in. We live in an age of knowledge. You can Google anything you want at any time. You can find knowledge about just about anything. We all have our own opinions of what knowledge is and how people should think. But hear this. God gives us Wisdom on how to apply all of the knowledge that we think each day. When was the last time when we scrolled through Twitter for hours or read articles or watched the news and we paused and said, God, I'm, I'm getting all of this knowledge. Would you give me the wisdom to discern this? Would you give me the eyes and the understanding to be able to comprehend this through the lens that you have? What an important thought for where we're at in culture. Dr. Robert Leitner explores it further and he says this he says through his wisdom God applies his knowledge to accomplish his purposes in ways which will bring him the great which will bring the greatest good to mankind and the most glory to him. When we come to Jesus for wisdom, we must trust his heart. He knows everything about us, he knows all of our needs, and he always wants what's best for us. And this hits the wrestling for what is in control in our lives. Do we trust God enough to guide us? Do we trust God enough for his wisdom? Do we trust God that even in a culture where some of the things that he asks us to to give up for the sake of following him or, or some of the knowledge that our culture holds is true at this point, Do we trust God enough to say, Your wisdom says differently than this? And I know that you are the wonderful counselor who will guide me. Am I willing to hear the wisdom of God, to let Him guide me in a way that may be counter to our culture? Jesus is the source of wisdom in our lives, Jesus is also our helper. And the Holy Spirit is often linked to this as well. And we must constantly seek help from God. What does that mean? Again, Jesus is called the Wonderful Counselor because he alone can give us the guidance, help, and deliverance that we need through his wisdom. When was the last time that we just paused and we said, I need help? And even as we say that, hear this, sometimes there are things going on in our lives where God will nudge us that we need help and we need to invite others into us. Again, this year has been hard. Maybe some of us have experienced traumas and losing jobs and things that are difficult. And maybe that means not only we need to listen to the voice of God today and saying, you are not okay, that this, this pain that I'm feeling is, is an issue. And I need to open up, and I need to let other people in, and I need to speak to someone to help me walk through this. See, one of the really cool things in, in this passage is the, the readers at this time who were reading this would read this passage with this understanding. It was 730 BC, and, and King Ahaz is the king, and, and God makes a promise to him. Assyria is bullying bullying the nation of Israel. They're taking people captive. And God is telling Ahaz, as all of this is happening around him, trust me. I'm going to give you a sign. I'm going to be with you, but you need to trust me. But the problem is, is that Ahaz realized that it was easier for him to trust himself, to rely on his own wisdom and knowledge, and to do things the way that he knew and the way that he understood. And that sounds like so many of us. When it comes to help, when it comes to trusting that God's way is best, we hold on. I know best. I'm going to trust in my own knowledge and my own wisdom to get through this. See, King Ahaz's problem was an external threat, and he just wanted to solve it as quickly as possible. And even this year, as, as we've walked through it, there have been more external threats going on between a pandemic and political and racial tensions. And we see all of this stuff playing out around us. But we need to look to God's wisdom in all of this. The Bible is full of truth that helps us walk through all of this. We have access to the God who's existed for all of time and will continue to exist, who sees it all and has wisdom who lived the life that we did, who experienced the things that we did? Again, the real problem is that Ahaz didn't trust God. And then it moved from an external problem to an internal one. His ability to trust God became internal. It takes trust to open up to someone. It takes trust to let someone else guide our lives and wisdom. It takes trust to let people see the deeper parts of who we are. See, when Jesus is the wonderful counselor, that's true whether we want, we want to believe it or not. But would we trust? And even as we say that, know some of these things, that even though God is wonderful counselor, it doesn't mean that God is always going to immediately remove the obstacle from our life. That because we trust him and and we're willing to say, I I want your wisdom and who you are to guide me, it doesn't mean everything goes away. And even as I say that, I think of parenting. There are a couple popular um, terms within parenting right now. The first one is helicopter parenting. And that's where you just engulf your kid. You hover over everything. You make sure they're safe. Uh, You try and get rid of anything that might harm them. And so you're always hovering. But there's a new kind of parenting that is kind of caught on. And this is called lawnmower parenting and lawnmower parenting is you just mow down every problem that's in the way you see a problem on the horizon you kill it you get rid of it and you make sure that your kid is always saved god doesn't do this sometimes there are there are stretches of our life that are painful and they're difficult and they're not easy And see, God doesn't just come in and remove those problems and get rid of them so that we just live in safety. But it's in these hardships, it's in these moments of pain where we really see this aspect of God as wonderful counselor come to play. They are these moments where we learn to trust God's voice. It's these moments where we learn to trust that other people speaking life to us and encouragement and seeing the pain in our lives is worth it. God is faithful, even when life might not look that great around us. And see, King Ahaz, he didn't want a sign from God, he wanted to handle it himself. But in the midst of that, God still does give a sign. That one day, there would be one who delivers us from our own distrust of God. And Jesus came in a selfless love, and he gave his life for ours. He lived our life, he experienced all of the pains and exciting parts of our life that he could give us wisdom in those areas. Jesus is our guide through life. He isn't a distant foreign God. Hebrews 4.15 says it this way. He says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. He knows the things we experience. He lived it. He was tempted. He was sad. He experienced loss. He was betrayed. And he can help us because he lived it. This season, God is our wonderful counselor. In the moments where we may feel like we don't know which way is up, where to go, God will speak. He'll give us wisdom. He'll give us peace. And learning to trust God is such an important part in his wisdom. Sometimes learning to trust him is more important than the resolution to the problem that we're facing because we grow in our trust for him our intimacy grows. It's the same way in in any relationship that you have, whether dating or friends or marriage, the, the more that someone gets to see the deeper parts of who we are, the more we trust them. And the more that we see, okay, they helped me through this time, I'm more willing to open up. The same thing is true in our relationship with God. God is the counsel that we need God gives us the wisdom that we need to discern the world that we live in again for some of us this this year has been crazy And, and if you're anything like me there are moments where I'm looking around and I'm saying what do I believe I'm hearing the complete opposite things come from different news areas and different parties but it's the wisdom of God that speaks into those, that gives me peace, that gives me guidance. And so today, as we close out, some of you watching today may have never said that you want to to trust this God. And again, maybe this year you've been looking to all different places for wisdom and guidance and how to discern the world that we're living in. And today know that it's the person of Jesus. It's his life, his death, his resurrection, where he lived the life that we did. He experienced the things that we did for our sake. This Christmas could be the greatest season of your life yet if you would say, I've messed up, I've fallen short. Jesus, I want you to guide my life. And if you make that decision today, there's a link that you can click at any time uh, that just says, I've decided to follow Jesus. And if you do, fill that out and let us know. We would love to partner with you in that decision. And then for those of us who do follow Jesus, what does our level of trust look like? Where do we go when life is hard? What do we seek counsel in? Do we seek counsel in, in, in ourselves? Do we just think like King Ahaz, I have this all together. I don't need anything else. I'm good. Do we think that we know it all, that we are the end source for all the wisdom and knowledge in life? Again, this year has been tough on all of us. And maybe part of you right now is you're just feeling a nudge to say, I need to begin to even open up and to let people in. I need to find some people who are godly that I trust to speak the wisdom of God into my life. I need someone to help me to process everything that I've gone through this year. A good test to tell where our trust is at is that when we are hurt, when we are stressed, when we're unsure, where do we turn? Do we turn to God? Or do we turn to habits and self-medicating and bad habits that we know that we go to? Would we seek wise counsel? First of all, from the one who is the wonderful counselor. He's too great for us to even understand and to know and who has so much wisdom and knowledge for us to learn and to grow. And would we seek that this Advent season? But would we also open our lives up to the people around us as well? To, to gain wisdom and knowledge from people that we can trust. And, and I would say, who are some people that you look to? Some mentors, some people maybe a little bit older than you who might be a little ahead of where you're at. And, and if you don't have those people, you need to get some who are able to speak wisdom that you trust into your life to help you grow and to help you discern everything that's going on in the world around us. Today, let's pray as we close out. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. Again, you're the God who came to us. And and this season, as we celebrate that, as we remember that, God, we are just so grateful that you chose to come to earth. Would we seek your wisdom? Would we seek your guidance? And, And would you just help us live for you each and every day? In your name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.